This is Shine On, the Health and Happiness Show, and Ella's Leash Production. Heard as a podcast around the world, but heard first on radio stations 100.7 WHUD-FM and Real Country 920, 1260, and 1420 AM, all in New York's Hudson Valley. Shine On, bringing you healers and dreamers and people who want to make life richer. It's your time to shine on. Hi, it's Casey. Happy to have you shining on today. We are going to find your inner artist by looking at mistakes in a whole new light. Also, supplements, the vitamins you may be taking could actually do you harm. Dr. Michael Roizen is here, the chief wellness officer at the Cleveland Clinic Wellness Institute. I love him. And we are going to start today with a woman who just last week was on the cover of People magazine, Michelle LeClaire, a longtime Scientologist and owner of a million-dollar insurance business. She was a major donor to Scientology. Then she had an awakening to her true sexuality. She fell in love with a woman and fought to escape from the cult. You can read all about it in Michelle LeClaire's book, Perfectly Clear. Michelle, thank you for being so brave. Well, first of all, I'm extremely grateful to you and others that have given me a voice. The Church of Scientology does not like anyone speaking out against them, and their entire view is that you are one that they are allowed to destroy or come after. You know, the moment that I left the Church of Scientology, I was fighting for my life for many years to make sure that I could have this voice. But the good news is, is that truth prevailed, love prevailed, and I'm in a wonderful place right now. Let me ask this question. What is up with the Scientologists? They think they're trying to save the world, right? This comes from a place of positivity? Well, you know, I've been asked that question a lot. Here's what I know now. Individual Scientologists that are in the church come from that place. I don't believe L. Ron Hubbard came from that place, and I don't believe that the top officials like David Miscavige come from that place. L. Ron Hubbard started a religion because he wanted to make money, and this entire religion is based on lies. Everything you hear about L. Ron Hubbard is a lie. The Church of Scientology will tell you they do not get involved in relationships, that they don't go after people, but yet every time you turn around, you know, Leah Remini is a great friend, you know, Leah's followed Everywhere They try and stop everything that she does. Hmm. They spend millions of dollars of public funds, of 501c3 funds, trying to destroy people. And so the bottom line is this is not a religion. This is a cult. They are trying to control people. People need to stay far away from them. But what does it give them? Like if I know you were a super big donor to Scientology when you were in it, and now you're out of it, and everybody should pick up People magazine and read about your story. You know, the details are incredible. But what are they trying to protect? Their lifestyle? What are they afraid is going to happen? That this will be blown open and their lifestyle will be changed? Yes. They're all about money. So you have to ask yourself, why is the Church of Scientology just buying building after building after building when they only have something like 20 or 30,000 members? Where are their donations to cancer research, to children with disabilities, to hospitals? They're constantly just consuming money from the people, the few people that are still left in the Church of Scientology, and they look like they're something bigger than they are. I've always said they're just a little man behind the curtain. Uh, Do you 
think their days are numbered? Do you think, you know, somebody's going to pull that curtain back soon enough or, or, or is that possible? I do think their days are numbered. I think that there have been a lot of people that have stuck a cork in the dwindling hole that we get stuck down as Scientologists. I think there are fewer people going in and walking into the Church of Scientology. The internet has been great to expose them. News media, people like Leah Remini. I think that what's going to happen is that the people inside the church are going to start waking up like I did, because they tell you that you have to redo courses that you have done over all these years. So you have spent hundreds and thousands of dollars trying to gain certain levels. And then all of a sudden you get up to the top and they say, whoops, you know what? There was somebody that was in the church. They made mistakes in some of the reading that you have read. And all of it has been corrected now. You need to go down to the bottom and redo all these steps. And by the way, you're not going to get to redo it for free. You're going to have to pay us to redo all of this again. I don't understand why people don't revolt unless they think they're giving away their 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 afterlife. What 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 are the what's in it for the people in Scientology? So there's a couple things. One is you are made to believe that the outside world is dangerous. You are made to believe that you have learned something inside of the Church of Scientology that is a secret to the universe. And if you step outside your group and you don't have all these other Scientologists around protecting you, you are going to be this one lone person. You're going to pull in cancer. You're going to get into accidents. Or if you have children, your children are going to get sick. So there's a part of you that's that's scared of the outside world. That's awful. The other side is that when you've believed in something for so long, it takes us a long time to start disbelieving it. Of course. I know for me, I started questioning things, you know, back in 2008. I didn't leave until 2011. Mm -hmm. Well, and that was pretty quick, though. That's really pretty quick because you came to some really big conclusions quickly, I think. Yes. You have children. I do. Are they in Scientology or out? Absolutely not, no. My older son barely touched it when he was young. Mm-hmm. I think he took a communication course, but that's it. The The three tiny little ones have only been raised by my partner and I. They have a tiny bit of visitation with my ex, mm-hmm. but it is written in the custody orders that they are not allowed to step foot in that cult. Yeah, because I have a girlfriend. She's been on the show twice. She's written a book, Lori Hodgins. She's been disconnected to her, from her kids for, I don't know, almost a decade, I think. Ugh. And it's heartbreaking. It's truly sad. It is heartbreaking. There are many parents. Mike Rinder, you know, his, his daughter is out there attacking him, and it's all lies, and she's still inside of the church. It is heartbreaking. I was lucky enough that I kept my children very close to me, and I never brought them into the church. Why? I have no idea. I, it was just something that I did not expose to them to a lot. I really didn't have a lot of time. I was mm-hmm. so busy doing all the things the church wanted me to do and running a very successful company that I didn't have a lot of time to introduce it to them. And, you know, look, I, I left and took my last course. I didn't make my official leave until 2011, but I took my last course in 2008. I was pregnant 
with the twins at the time, and the little girl I had adopted was only a year old. They were saved. I got out before the church was able to touch them. Michelle LeClaire, michelleleclaire.com. Read her book, Perfectly Clear, Escaping Scientology and Fighting for the Woman I Love. I do have a copy to share. If you're interested, email me from the website, casey, K-A-C-E-Y dot co, C-O. Shoo, heavy stuff. Okay, let's switch gears a bit and remember the Gilmore Girls, Rory Gilmore's best friend, Lane, the drummer. That's actress Keiko Ajina. And today she's on a new show on Hulu called The First, starring Sean Penn. Binge on that. Keiko has a background in improv, and a few years ago, she picked up a pen and started to draw. From that comes a book for you that's full of thoughtful exercises when you're ready to embrace your inner artist. It's called No Mistakes, a perfect workbook for imperfect artists. What if we looked at our mistakes in life and on the page as something other than mistakes? What if they were just experiences we can build on or push off from or embellish? So many thoughtful things in this lovely workbook. So when did you coax your inner artist out of hiding, Keiko? The visual art, I actually came to it pretty late in life. Only about three years ago, maybe a little more now, did I start with my fine line drawing and explore that. But acting I started when I was about 10. So that has been a long life creative relationship that I have had with acting, yeah. I'm surprised being an actor since 10 that you didn't in your spare time pick up a pen before then, before recently. You know, I wonder, you know, what my life would have been if I had started uh, even earlier. But I will say that once I did start, I found it incredibly therapeutic and uh, creative. And um, it was nice. The response that I've gotten has been lovely. And so that's been helpful as well. Yeah, beautiful. I I really do enjoy it. It's beautiful stuff, really beautiful stuff. What do you want to do with it? Where do do you have a vision for it? Well, right now, I... I'm in a transition now because so much of the last uh, year or so, besides acting, because I'm still acting, my time has been spent on the book. So after, starting next month actually, uh, I will have a lot more time to go back to uh, drawing and, and exploring and pushing that. So I don't know. I'm, I'm really looking forward to, to having the time though to explore what, what that will be like for me. You have two of my favorite quotes in this book. One is uh, the Japanese proverb, fall seven times, stand up eight. And the other, I can't put my eyes on it right now, uh, when you hear the voice that says, you shouldn't paint. Oh, yeah. And then you just paint. Or you, you, if you can't do it, then just do it, and that voice stops. That I know, voice I don't will have, be quieted. Van Gogh right. or someone wonderful like that. Yeah. And what I think you're doing really beautifully is giving so much courage to people who are picking up a pen or a paintbrush later in life and and not really mm-hmm. sure what they want to do with it. Well, you pick up this book mm-hmm. called No Mistakes. How did you start to make peace with your mistakes? You know, I think it's been piece by piece because I did know when I really analyzed the way that I was speaking to myself internally, I knew that that wasn't a great way to go. I just didn't know how to shift out of it. It had become, that kind of negative critical voice had just, I'd grown up with it and it had just been become part of my personality. And I knew that I didn't want to continue down that, to, to have that be for my life. 
So it was a process of pausing and analyzing what does it take to shift out of that being habitual. Not to say that that voice goes away forever, but to shift out of that being the habitual, you know, thing that happens right away and that it's so loud. Mm. And, and because the thing, and I think it's great in life also because we need that, but for artists, it's, it's necessary because I don't think we can let ourselves be vulnerable and be trusting and be open, which you have to do if you want to create good art, unless you're able to manage that voice. It's critical. Mm-hmm. And so all of, the, all of the exercises are little things that I've found that I need that are necessary in my life to be a healthier person and to be a more productive artist. Those are, those are like skills. Those are necessary for me and so that's that's what the book is it's sort of like the part of my brain that is positive and and good and has good information has come out (laughs) and have a physical form for for the other side of my brain that's not so healthy all the time to, to be able to look at and to read and to remind myself oh yeah that's right i know that's true let me read it again that's right it's a reminder yeah. so that's what that's the process of it for me and i think yeah. all of us artist or no you know you can spend yeah. your whole life just trying to quiet that gremlin voice down you know yes. so you can go yeah. out and be anything yeah. you want to be in the world page 102 yes. you say you know making art is hard y'all no joke and you have <laughs> to find your people and and the first yes. thing my first response was like do i really do i have to find my people <laughs> i really just want to stay inside by myself with my dogs uh why do we I have know. to connect with you. others no I, I feel you because i am the same way you know i it's scary sometimes to you know to go out especially as adults you know it's hard sometimes to because small talk is uncomfortable i don't know maybe some people feel comfortable with it but i find small talk very difficult yeah it's it's hard to to do you know and physically like my my gut clenches up i think you know my muscles tense in doing it and but i think that the effort is is worth it eventually because once we can get past that awkward phase to connecting with people and being able to talk to them about important things. I think as soon as you can get to the part where you're having a real conversation with someone and really listening to what it is that they're saying and where they're coming from, then that kind of support becomes invaluable. Sometimes, and it doesn't necessarily need to be other artists, although I think if you're creating things, it's great to have other artists. But people who are just, who are really hearing you and, are, and, and like you, you know, and, and, and support what it is that you're doing, and, and vice versa, that you really listen to them and are really supportive of, of where they are at their life and what they're going through, is, um, is I think is, is necessary. And it takes time, you know, it takes, it takes that phone call or it takes that time to go have coffee or it takes that lunch date or whatever it is. Um, or work session together where you sit at, sit someplace and both are on our laptops, even that, you mm-hmm. know, it's something. But but I think it's I think it's important. It's nutritious. It is. No yeah. mistakes, a perfect slash workbook for imperfect artists. <laughs> I have twenty seconds left with you, so tell me, is okay. is Gilmore Girls ever gonna come back in any way at all? 
Well, who knows? Because I never thought the reunion would happen. I never thought that would happen, and that did. So I cannot say that it, nothing will ever happen again because I was already proven wrong once. And I would love to do something again, so who, know, who knows? I'll, put, I'll leave it at that. We will never say no to more Gilmore Girls. No Mistakes, a perfect workbook for imperfect artists. Find more at MsKeikoAgena.com. And look for her on Hulu in the first with Sean Penn. I can't offer you the workbook this week. I sent it to my friend Karen, a frequent visitor to our Shine On Circles and Retreats. Karen just retired and she took her first painting class. I am so inspired by how she is fearlessly creating beauty in her new life. So I surprised her with the book No Mistakes. Find yours if you need to at MsKeikoAgena.com. Next up, how to make sure your vitamins don't hurt you with Dr. Michael Roizen. But first, thanks to all who came out to the first circle of support we held at Mariondale in Ossining. We're going to meet once a month just to talk about where we are in life and where we want to go. And I'm going to use my life coach tools and provide lots of questions and worksheets. Miracles happen when we gather in the circle. So you can join us Monday, October 15th and get details at Casey.co. And if you want to work together individually, we can do that too. Also, I am on the road again with a new inspiring talk called Shine On. Ten lessons from the Health and Happiness Show to live well at any age. I'm in Larchmont this weekend. Get details at Casey.co. So, if you're taking vitamins and supplements, you need to tell your doctor and your pharmacist exactly what you're taking to make sure the supplements aren't working against your medication. Dr. Michael Roizen from the Cleveland Clinic started a new website called PersonaNutrition.com to help out too. Who knew that supplements could do us harm? Well, you can do yourself harm. In fact, the FDA just came out with a warning because of a death from someone who is taking something as innocent as biotin, one of the uh, B7 vitamins that many women take to strengthen their nails or to make their hair less brittle or their skin look smoother. Um, so biotin is commonly taken, but this woman went to the emergency room with chest pain, was discharged because her troponin levels, which is one of the enzymes we test, the major enzyme we test for heart attacks, were very low, negative. The problem is that biotin suppresses those levels oh, by wow. the test. Biotin, the, the pill, interacts with the way the test is done. She was falsely at a false low level because of the biotin in the pill that was in her blood at the time. She died later that day which is why the FDA issued that warning. But most of us haven't probably heard of that warning, which just came out last week. So because she was taking biotin, the emergency room couldn't tell she was having a heart attack. Correct, exactly. And not only that, but another study came out about three weeks ago, which was on antihypertensives. So they looked at 551,000 people taking antihypertensive drugs, and 19% of them were taking something that interfered with the effectiveness of the pill. The pill didn't lower blood pressure either effectively or in fact raise blood pressure in several of the cases. So you wanna make sure 
your physician and your pharmacist know about all the supplements and all the drugs you're taking to look at the interactions. That's why PersonaNutrition.com, the website I'm talking about today, actually went and did lists all the 650 interactions and the references for it, as well as lists all those things that can be helpful for each of the conditions. And so you can do a little test on that and find out what the interactions are. And the reason is, although the physicians, I, I can't remember 650 interactions, obviously, um, nor do I know any other physician who can. So our electronic medical records do some of them, but many of the electronic medical records, the two most prominent ones, don't have all the supplements in there, meaning even if you tell the doc about them, they don't have the automatic interactions with those supplements done so that they can't relate them to you. Right, but Persona can. Can you just tell us if you can, off the top of your head, because there's so many people on blood pressure medicine, what could be interfering with that? What supplements could be interfering? Believe it or not, there were 40 different ones in this study that interfere. The common ones are non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs, ibuprofen, naproxen, etc. And those, because of the interactions with specific of the blood pressure pills, cause you to act have an increase in blood pressure several hours after you take it only after you take it so your blood pressure fluctuates but those were the two biggest ones that is the non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs and some of the allergy medicines all right now tell me about persona who are the persons behind persona I'm chair of the Scientific Advisory Board, and we have a really good Scientific Advisory Board, which worked hard to uncover all the interactions and continues it. So uh, Elizabeth Summer is part of the group, David Abramson, there are three other physicians on it who uh, are experts in this area. We gathered a lot of people to do this, and if you go to personanutrition.com, you'll take a little quiz. It'll tell you what's appropriate, why it might be appropriate for the condition you have, and then especially, Casey, what you can do to avoid interactions. Wonderful. I'm so grateful for the help. Can you tell us, too, what are the Vitamin Angels? The Vitamin Angels is a group that provides vitamins to those people who couldn't otherwise afford it, especially in underdeveloped countries. So in the African continent, where malnutrition is a problem, despite them getting plenty of calories, they don't get plenty of nutrients. They provide vitamins, especially for newborns and mothers who are pregnant, Vitamin Angels. And so one of the things that happens when you get vitamins from Persona Nutrition or get any supplement from Persona Nutrition, part of the money that is generated by that goes to supporting vitamin angels. That's beautiful. All right. And I really do appreciate the help. I just found out I'm a bit of a nutrition junkie. So I was very surprised to find out I was low in vitamin D and B. And now I'm wondering if it's because I take so many allergy pills. Allergy pills, by changing the acid-base balance in your stomach, actually change your absorption 
uh, vitamin D decreasing, the basic absorption of it. It's one of the reasons why many of us advocate measuring your vitamin D level. We know that breast cancer in randomized controlled trials, people with a vitamin D level between 35 and 80 have a lower risk of, for example, breast cancer and colon cancer than do people with levels below 35. So most of us aim for levels above 35. And as you get older, or if you use sunblock, or if you're taking allergy medicines, you or other medicines that are for GERD, for example, gastroesophageal reflux disease, heartburn medicines, most of those change the pH in your stomach and change your absorption, decreasing your absorption of vitamin D. So the headline in the New York Times and in other newspapers around the country all said in 2012 and 13, forget taking vitamins, they don't help you. That was the 10-year results of the health professional and other studies that were done out of Harvard. The same 20-year results, though, came out. Nobody covered them, but it was a 25% decrease in heart attacks and strokes if you were taking a multivitamin for 20 years and a 18% decrease in all cancers in men. So we think it's important to take some of these because of their benefits long-term. So I appreciate your being a nutrition fanatic. Most of us in medicine should be. I am as well. But there are eight supplements that have been shown in randomized controlled trials and people who try and get good nutrition to make a difference in how long and how well you live or your rate of age, slow your rate of aging. Are you taking all eight? I do. So I, I eat my own dog food, if you will, but it tastes <laughs> great. I do 10,000 steps a day. I do all that. I started the realage.com website as well. And it's a free website that now about 90 million people have taken. Um, there are 157 things there that slow your rate of aging. And I do 156 of them or 155. <laughs> I don't get enough sleep and I have too much stress. But I do do stress management practices routinely, Casey. Dr. Mike Royzen, one of my favorites. Realage.com and personanutrition.com. Our thought for the day is an old adage that comes to mind as we welcome fall. The leaves on the trees are about to remind us how beautiful letting go can be. Shine on. You've been listening to Shine On, the health and happiness show for your entertainment only. Heard Sunday mornings on 100.7 WHUD and on Real Country's 920, 1260, and 1420 AM, all in New York's Hudson Valley. Subscribe to Shine On on iTunes and SoundCloud and catch a show anytime at Casey.co. That's K-A-C-E-Y dot C-O. Shine On.